So Mehir, tell me about your journey writing this book about Flipkart. Um, yeah, so thanks. First of all, thanks for having me over here. Uh, you know, it's a pleasure to do this. Um, so I had been, uh, I started writing this book in uh, August 2018. And uh, before that, I'd been covering Flipkart for about four years. And I'd actually first been approached about a book on startups in 2015 uh, when, uh, you know, as you remember, the whole startup funding euphoria was at, was at its peak. But I didn't think it was the right time. Uh, I mean, I had actually pitched to Flipkart Sodi at that time. But then for whatever reason, it did not work out, uh, you know, partly because I also did not idealize that this wouldn't be the right time to do a Flipkart book because there was no end to the Flipkart story. It was still unclear, you know, as to where Flipkart would go uh, because it was locked in a big market share war with um, Amazon and Snapdeal. And generally, you know, it was really like, it seemed like, you know, this... Like the the start has just I mean it's just started for them as far as the really like the hundred billion dream that you know Sachin had uh, kind of um, uh, spelled out. So um, so yeah. So at that time it didn't work out, and um, then the Walmart sale happened in uh, May two thousand and eighteen, and uh, that really brought an end to the Flipkart story as such. You know, it was the end of Flipkart as an independent company. Uh, the Bunsells were really uh, kind of not. Uh, as influential, I mean, Sachin was obviously out of the company by then, and um, you know, it had really become a different company at, by that time. So, uh, so from the point of view of there being an end to the Flipkart story, and uh, from the point of view of a, a reporter or a writer who's looking back at the Flipkart journey, you could make sense of it from the start to the end, you know, after the Walmart sale. So, from that point of view, that you know, you could tell a coherent story, it was the perfect time. And then I had been writing on Flipkart full time for more than four years by then, and um, you know I was like I was pretty confident that I could deliver a Flipkart book. So these two things worked out from my side. And then uh, once I started talking to publishers, it was very clear that there is tremendous interest in this book um, because you know it is really by far India's most successful startup story, and um, you know literally everyone in urban areas has heard of Flipkart. So yeah, so. All these things, you know, made me think that this is the perfect time to do a Flipkart book. When is a movie coming here? Have you signed up some <laughs> movie contracts on the story? Yeah, so we have uh, signed, a, uh, like we have sold the movie rights, uh, you know, to a leading production house. But I'm not obviously allowed to disclose it because, uh, you know, they are soon going to announce... Uh, uh, this thing uh, basically it it could be either a uh, a movie or uh, a web series so yeah so they'll announce it very shortly uh, so i have read your book right and and that's one of the reason why we are sitting and i thought like let's let's hear him out uh, why have you like uh, portrayed uh, sachin pretty negatively in the book like he was the guy who aspired and dreamed about this whole 100 billion company, e-commerce company and every now and then in the book or the pages from starting from IIT days till the end, he being the bad guy, why is so? <laughs> um, okay, so uh, that's that's a fair question but I, I don't agree with, you know, that uh, that kind of description of uh, Sachin being portrayed in a negative way. I think uh, if you see the first part of the book, um, uh, you know, Sachin is really uh, the pivotal figure at Flipkart and he's brought out as such and you know there are so many positive qualities that he has that that have been kind of brought out like you know his his whole ability to think 
you know, bigger than anyone else and his ability to imagine the improbable, drive his team to, you know, that goal and, you know, like, on most occasions, even achieving that goal and far exceeding, you know, his own expectations. So I think from that point of view, you know, a lot of his positive attributes do come out very clearly. Um, I think as far as the second half of the book is concerned, I think the the thing was for me to look at Sachin and to look at Flipkart from his own lens. So, uh, I mean, if you remember, you know, there's this chapter where, uh, uh, where uh, you know, Sachin really spells out his dream. 100 make, billion. Exactly, to make Flipkart. Mobile only into a hundred billion company to go app only, yeah. uh, you know, to uh, suddenly move the company to a marketplace model. So these are really, really big, big bets that he took and they did not work out. And, you know, within 18 months of him actually spelling out that hundred billion dream, he had stepped aside uh, and, you know, uh, let Bini take over as CEO. So I think if you just look at, you know, these things, even from Flipkart's and Sachin's own point of view, it becomes clear that, you know, it it did not work out. So, um, and, you know, all, uh, I mean, uh, over here, what Sachin was trying to do to make Flipkart into a hundred billion company and all these, you know, big bets that he took, they were just so radical you know, ideas and radical steps that, like, the odds were against him to succeed, uh, you know, so if he had pulled it off, it would have been a miracle, but he did not, and I think it is very important to bring this out, um, that, you know, while Flipkart is and continues to be uh, India's biggest uh, startup uh, success, um, what they wanted to achieve, they fell far short of that eventually. So I think it like when you look at it from an overall point of view, it it becomes clear that you know Sachin was easily like the single most uh, response like in in terms of like uh, you know one person he was the guy who was responsible for Flipkart's success in its early years, and then you know he was also the guy because of whom Flipkart fell short of achieving its uh, ambitions. But if you are a founder and uh you are visionary, then there are chances that you will fail in it, right? It, Absolutely. But I think the odds of failing were more than that of succeeding. Or was it investors' pressure? Like so much money was already pumped in that there is no, you know, there is no room for failure. And, and if you fail, then you are out. Yeah, that's 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 exactly what it is. I mean, you know, and uh, obviously, you know, Sachin and Bini both knew this game, like knew how this game works. I mean, for till 2015, it had worked completely in their favor that, you know, you keep raising uh, massive amounts of money, you keep growing, you keep expanding, you keep growing your valuation. So till 2015, all of this had worked totally in their favor. But then, you know, the, the other side, the flip side of taking money from investors is that if your business doesn't expand at the same rate that it was expanding, or if you lose market share and if your valuation suffers, then, you know, VCs do get ruthless. And obviously over here, that is what happened because um, when it became clear by the end of 2015 that Sachin's vision wasn't really, you know, playing out in the way that he had wanted, um, he had no time really to, um, you know, kind of... uh, like basically, there was very little time for him to prove otherwise. Because so essentially, it it was Lee who was running the show along with Kalyan. 
Um, I won't say that Lee Fixell was running the show because uh, you know he he was also a guy who had complete faith in Sachin until the end of two thousand and fifteen. So he did not interfere too much in the company's day to day operations. In fact, you know Sachin and Kalyan did not get along well, um, and you know Sachin wanted Kalyan out of the company, and you know Lee Fixell. Side of the Sachin, yeah. and he did not interfere in that at all. So I I don't think it would be right to say that Leaf Excel was running the show, but yes, he was the single most influential investor and board member that they had. In fact, it it's fair to say that it was a very very imbalance. Like there there was an imbalance at the board level because Leaf Excel really called all the shots at that you know level. So um, I think it's fair to say that. Once Lee Fixell saw that his investment is in danger, that's when he panicked and this whole yeah. That's when he stepped in and uh, you know he started taking decisions that weren't really what Sachin and Vinny wanted. So how is Flipkart doing doing now? Like what the recent numbers? Um. So they are they are doing quite well. Uh. I mean you know I think they've just filed. Uh. Their filings have just come out. Uh. Today I think so. I think they reported a forty forty five percent increase in revenues and they've managed to cut losses. So um. You know yeah. So uh. Basically they are growing and they have increased their market share actually over Amazon. Uh. Since the Walmart sale, but it is. I mean, it's it's a long way off from being a hundred billion company even today. So yeah. So uh, other thing I wanted to know, like, who are other players in the whole story or the journey of Flipkart other than Sachin, Vinny, Lee, so and Kalyan, of course. So these these four are the most important figures without doubt. Um, then there are you know other characters in the book who have an important role at uh, you know various points in time so for instance in the early years there were people like abhishek goel you know the the axel associate who really yeah. discovered flipkart and you know you you have to go read the book if it's it's a request like you should read the book it has a lot of masala in it i'm telling you it's it's a, it's it's a it's an amazingly written book and and i'm a big fan like that's one of the reason we are sitting here and and chit chatting about it so abhishek played a crucial role that you have to fund this company with uh, the whole excel team right yeah and uh, you know at one point he was willing to put money his in his own pocket yeah. right so um, yeah so you know there was abhishek in the early years then of course there was uh, you know sujit kumar uh, who was a senior of sachin's uh, from his iit delhi hostel so he's really the guy who you know set up the whole sales and operations running around uh, multiple cities is that running around mu- multiple cities setting up you know warehouses setting up uh, uh, offices of flipkart in delhi bombay calcutta then hiring sales people hiring operations people uh, you know negotiating with uh, book distributors negotiating with publishers really you know kind of that whole day to day sales and uh, logistics part that was like really crucial uh for flipkart to have you know given to have delivered the kind of cu- customer service that it uh became known for that sujit kumar played a very important role in you know building the muscle uh uh of that uh you know service but it's also told that sujit was a guy who was very different his way of running the show was yeah 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 of course so he was uh you know so he was he was an absolute opposite of uh, sachin and vinny uh you know so sachin and vinny were very introverted um a uh, very kind of uh, you know like typical uh, engineering geeks 
who uh, you know who who were most comfortable coding and uh, uh, you know doing that kind of thing uh, doing that kind of work whereas sujit was the exact opposite uh, you know he he loved uh, he was he was completely extroverted he loved to uh, do the dhanda side of uh, you know uh, of the e-commerce uh, uh, like of e-commerce he loved you know negotiating with people getting things done in that way um, so so he you know so so from that point of view they had very complementary skills but i think where the difference uh, you know came in was that um, first of all sujeet was not a tech guy and for a non tech guy to have as much power as sujeet did i don't think the bunsers were very comfortable with that over the years and um, you know by 2012 uh, sujeet really had become by far the most powerful uh executive at flipkart and i think the bunsels increasingly grew very very uh, uh conscious and very very kind of you know uncomfortable uh about the kind of power that sujeet wielded and um, they also you know thought i mean uh, they also thought that if um, if someone should have so much power it should ideally be a tech guy or certainly that a non tech guy should, you know should not wield so much power and that was one of the main reasons that Led to the fallout uh, uh, between like Sujith and Sachin. Uh, Sujith is also the co-founder of Udan, is it? Yeah. Uh, so Sujith, uh, Amod Malviya, and Vaibhav Gupta, who were all senior executives at Flipkart and who worked very closely, uh, you know, at Flipkart, they have started Udan. So uh, we could say like the emergence of Flipkart mafia changing the startup ecosystem in our country. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Flipkart mafia is, of course, one thing. You know, there are companies like Udan, Kyorfit. Kyorfit is started was started by Ankit Bhati, Ankit Nagori, Nagori and uh, Mukesh Bansal. Yeah. Uh, you know, who again worked very closely at Flipkart. Uh, Mukesh, of course, had also uh, you know fa- founded and uh, sold Mintra to Flipkart. Um, so these are the two most prominent names. There are you know dozens of other. Uh, smaller startups that have emerged out of Flipkart, but I think it's also generally that you know Flipkart had such a big impact on uh, helping nurture entrepreneurship in India. I mean, before Flipkart's rise, this whole idea that you know two Indian engineers or whatever you know Indian engineers cannot build a massive e-commerce or an internet company. Uh, you know, for I mean, it was it was for whatever reason it was considered that it was impossible to do this out of India, and Flipkart you know just completely. reverse that idea so the fa- the i mean their rise really kind of showed that you know indian entrepreneurs can create a massive e-commerce or an internet company out of india and you know that idea now is of course it's it it doesn't even need to be you know spelt out but the that wasn't the case 5 6 years ago and flipkart's rise really completely changed that so all this fueling or dumping of money coming outside from outside india is happening with one of the success stories of flipkart yeah so uh, of course uh, you know the, on one side you have venture capital uh, uh, venture capitalists funding indian startups so that is one uh, route through which a lot of money is coming into the ecosystem and the others of course you know companies like amazon and uber setting up uh, their operations in india and really pumping billions of dollars to expand their businesses over here so these are the two ways in which like these are the two major ways in which you know money is flowed Uh, into the uh, startup or the internet scene in India in a big way. Uh, in your book, uh, I'm not sharing entire story. Like I'll just yeah. Uh, in one part, you have mentioned that Sachin was so eager 
to gain the power that he even went and met uh, Jeff Bezos uh, saying that uh, Hi, in case you want the conference room uh, I will edit it, don't worry So, uh, in the book you have mentioned that Sachin had so much of you know, that urge for power and you know, developer creating the e-commerce rather than the sales guy running right. the e-commerce that he even went and met Jeff Bezos and where Jeff was interested in acquiring Flipkart but other members of his own team, maybe Bini or I don't know, in your book you have mentioned, they were against it because they were scared of antitrust kicking in, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is, uh, you know, this ha- this started sometime in the middle of 2017, uh, around the time Flipkart was also talking to SoftBank for a big funding round. In fact, the SoftBank round was almost done by then. So uh, basically by that time, you know, Sachin had been away from the uh, CEO position for uh, 18 months or so. And, you know, he was really raring to come back because, you know, he's not the kind of guy who can just sit back and, uh, you know, let others run the show. He He really needs the company to run according to his vision. You know, that is one of the most important things for him as an entrepreneur. So um, he saw that, you know, the company is kind of, uh, you know, moved away from that whole technology mission that he really took pride in. And uh, by this time, it had also become clear that, you know, Tiger Global is not going to support him. So his thinking was, you know, how do I get an exit for the investors? Uh, and then, uh, you know, return to the CEO seat and run the company in the way that I want, that I think it can get to a hundred billion, uh, you know, level. So that, that was his, uh, you know, th- that was a factor that was driving him to seek an exit for the investors. And, uh, so that, that's how he kind of thought of, uh, you know, pitching the, the Flipkart an Amazon India merger to Jeff Bezos. And his, his idea was that, you know, if... So, so first of all, he pitched the idea that Flipkart should actually uh, run the merged entity, uh, you know, not the Amazon management. So his idea was that if that happens, he will, like the, the Flipkart investors will get a fantastic exit. Um, you know, it'll be a big win for uh, the Indian startup ecosystem because... I mean, you know, Amazon is not known to sell out uh, to anyone really, right? Um, so but in China, they burned their hand, right? They did burn their hands, but, uh, you know, uh, first of all, but they did not sell uh, in uh, to anyone in China. Okay. And also, even if they had, they did not want to repeat it. In fact, the, one of the reasons that they had pumped so much money in India is that they want to like be the most dominant company in India. They do not want to repeat of China, right? So that was one of the main reasons that they've been so aggressive in India. So the fact that, you know, if, if Sachin could have pulled off uh, like Flipkart running the merge, like the Flipkart management running the merge entity, then that would obviously be a big validation of, you know, Flipkart, Sachin and the startup scene in India. Because again, for an Indian startup to run, uh, you know, the emerged uh, entity in which Amazon is a secondary partner. I mean, that that would have really kind of been a big validation of the startup ecosystem from his point of view. So I think that is what was driving him. Um, as far as why, you know, uh, the Amazon Flipkart thing did not work out, I would rather that people read the book and find out. Yeah, Mihir, um, uh, where can people find you? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm very much based in Bangalore. Uh, 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 and, uh, you know, I, I'm on Twitter, I'm on uh, LinkedIn, I'm on uh, Instagram. Um, and yeah, LinkedIn and Twitter are, uh, 
the the channels that I usually interact with. And your books are available where where all can they buy if someone has to buy your book? Um, so it's available, of course, on Flipkart and Amazon. Um, it's also available in all the big stores, uh, like the, the offline stores, uh, uh, you know, in the big cities, especially and airport stores at all the major airports. Thanks a lot, me. Thanks for uh, your precious time. And uh, to our listeners, go ahead, go buy the book. We are not spilling all the beans here in the podcast. That's why I'm keeping it short, twenty minutes. Thanks. Thanks so much, Atul.